As I was praying this week, I, you know, I was reading through the Christmas story, and we talked about Mary's perspective, and we talked about Joseph's perspective, so we saw some different perspectives. But when I was reading this week, I, uh, man, the Lord just really was talking to me about joy. And it was funny because we were singing this song, Joy to the World, and I thought, you know, look at the world we live in. Um, watch the news. Watch people. Listen, this, this whole season when you go out and you're shopping and you're getting, finding stuff for, you know, gifts or <coughs> everybody's out. You're at a restaurant. I mean, just look at people. You don't see a lot of joy. I mean, you don't. And Jesus came to bring joy. Amen. Joy. And we're going to read in Luke chapter 2, uh, verse 10 and 11. This is when the angel appears to the shepherd. This is right after Jesus is born. And the angel appears to the shepherd in, in Luke chapter 2. And let's read what verse 10 and 11 says. If you have, if you have your Bibles, just look to uh, Luke 2. And here's, here's what it says. Maybe lost my place here. All right. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. So these, these shepherds, are just, they're just doing what they do. They're just shepherds, right? They're just hanging out with sheep. And that's, that's, who, that's, where, that's what they were doing. They were just doing what they normally do. And all of a sudden this angel appears. Now even in those days, the, the shepherds were kind of like outcasts of society. So they weren't like the, the people that you would think that God would make this announcement to. Or this Jesus' entrance would be like, hey, we need to make sure to tell those outcasts. You would think that, you know, everything about Jesus, the way it was different than how most people would think it should be. You would want to tell the, you know, the most important people, hey, the Messiah is coming. You'd want to, you know, have a room for him at the really nice place. This is the Savior. You know, the hospital wing would be roped off. This is the Messiah's area. No one gets in, right? But everything about Jesus was different. So the angel appears to the shepherds, and here's what, is, here's what the angel says. It says, when the angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and the shepherds were terrified. Well, wouldn't you be? <laughs> Could you imagine? Let's just say, you know, wherever you're working, let's just say you're, you know what, Harris Teeter, ringing somebody up and all of a sudden, oh, my angel appearance, oh, here's the angel, right? It, it, it'd probably scare you a little bit. So they were scared. Here's what the angel said, don't be afraid. So the angel, first thing the angel did is just brought peace, just real quick. Hey, don't worry. I know this is weird. Same thing happened when I showed up to Mary and Joseph. Okay, this is, this is I'm used to this. God sends me here to tell him something. And, ah! But listen, don't be afraid. And then it says this. I bring you good news. Good news. This good news. The gospel. Jesus. That's the good news. That will bring, say it with me, great joy. Right? Not just joy, but like great joy. How many know when you add great to something, it's better than just that alone, just the word alone, right? Hey, I'm bringing a dessert. I'm bringing a great dessert. Okay, you know, that, that changes it. So 
There's this. I, so here's the angel that says, listen, I'm bringing, there's going to be good news. I'm bringing you good news. And this good news will bring great joy. To who? All people. The whole purpose of Jesus coming. Obviously, he knew that the whole reason God sent him was to die for us and to take our place and to take our sin and all that. But it was to bring joy. It was to bring joy. And not just joy, but great joy. And if you just look normal, any, I mean, look in the middle of August. It doesn't matter what month we're in. There is a joy deficit happening in the world, in our community, and listen to me, in the church. There is a deficit of joy. And it shouldn't be. It really shouldn't. Because the reason why there is is because somehow we have thought that joy actually can only be present when everything's fine. So when everything's fine, then joy is here. But when it's not fine, we're all worked up. We don't have joy. We don't have peace. We don't have hope. Because we're, and, and so what we're doing is we're not, we're not, we're not, a, nothing is stealing our joy. We're just not walking in it. We're not using it. But Jesus came to give you joy. So listen, if you're not walking in joy, you're not understanding what Jesus came to give you. Because he came to give you joy, and if you're not walking in joy, then you haven't received what God has for you to the fullest. You're saved. You're going to heaven. But you should be walking around here as if you are in heaven. That's why when Jesus says pray, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, let us start here. Why wait till we're there to have joy? Why not start having joy? So I started thinking about this, and I was like, this is what Jesus came for. When you keep looking in Isaiah, when it, was, when it was prophesied in Isaiah about the coming of Messiah, in Isaiah 61, it says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released, and, prisons, and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. Now listen to this. To all, mourn, to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for what? Ashes. So when you take the ashes, he takes what you don't need and gives you what you need. So he's saying, look, I'll take the ashes and I'm going to give you a crown of beauty. He gives you a joyous blessing instead of mourning. So that hurt and that pain and that mourning, he says, listen, I will take that from you and I will give you joy and this joyful blessing. A festive praise instead of despair. So now he's saying, one translation says, a garment of praise instead of the heaviness that you're carrying. And that's what Jesus, <clears throat> that's what Jesus came to give you. There used to be a song when I, I grew up in church. I grew up in old Foursquare Gospel Church. And there was one song, put on the garment of praise. And they would just sing. And the only reason, the reason I liked it is because it was fast, upbeat, and you would just, wow, and you would just go, right? And as a kid, I was like, yeah, that was one of my favorite songs. But here's what it said. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. And instead, instead of carrying that spirit of heaviness, put on a garment of praise. In other words, if you got this heaviness on you, 
okay, and you want to put on a different garment of praise, you, take, you have to take that off to put something else on, right? That's why when you go buy clothes, they have dressing rooms. So you can go take off what you are wearing, put on what you want to wear, right? So when you go, if I, you know, we were out shopping, and there is a jacket. When I go to try this jacket on, it was cold, so I was already bundled up. So if I'm trying to find a jacket that fits me when I'm already wearing a jacket, then I'm not going to get the right jacket. So I had to take off the old jacket to put on the new one. So if you want to walk in joy, you got to take off that heaviness. You got to just say, you know what? God did not give me this. So you know what? Don't worry, I ain't going any further than that. Okay? I'm taking that off. That's heavy. And I'm taking it off. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and allow this heaviness to sit on me. So if I want to, Jesus came to say, listen, for that heaviness, I'm going to replace it with praise. That's what God came to do. That's what Christmas is about. But we don't, we go around. Listen, have you ever seen even Christmas carolers? At the mall, people singing, you know, the little groups. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the hap, happiest season of all. And I'm like, you're not even happy. And we're telling people it's the most joyful time of the year. It's the happiest season. You know, it's, it's all these great things. And you know what? We are so walking around with this deficit of joy that we're carrying this weight that we weren't intended to carry. We're carrying this burden God never told us to carry. Matter of fact, he tells us and reminds us in several places, cast that on me. I care for you. I'll care for that. So, so we, have to, we have to recognize, okay, for us to have joy, we have to, we have to look at the fact that that's why he came. Jesus came, and the good news of the gospel automatically will bring not just joy, but say it with me, great joy. Okay, let's try that again, because maybe I was a little slow. All right? So the gospel of Jesus is the good news that will bring us, say it with me, great joy. Great joy. Great joy for everybody. And it's not just an external thing. It's in here. It's internal. It'll result, people will see it on the external. But what if we actually live, what if we go the rest of this season that we can honestly say, it's the happiest time of the year. It's the most, what if we can really say that? Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. Listen, joy isn't based on what you're going through. That's why you're not walking in it. Because you're basing it on your circumstance. Take your circumstance out of here. You have Jesus. And Jesus has joy. So you can walk in joy. So listen, everybody, do me a favor. Look right up here. Smile. Smile. Some of y'all ain't smiled in too long. Seriously. I'm being serious. We don't even smile much. Next time, listen, next time you're out, watch people. Watch how little smiling there are. And it's hard to tell because a lot of them are looking down in their little gadget. 
So you can't even tell they're smiling. But look, watch. We have this joy deficit. But I'm telling you something. Take that same smile you just gave and turn to the person beside you and give it to them. Smile at them. Just smile at somebody around you. Somebody, just smile at them. Just keep looking around smiling at people. No, for real, just keep looking around. Just smile. If you're not looking around, you are, you are a deficit. Look around. See, I'm telling you, you know what is good about joy? It is, it is thinking contagious. If you will start walking in joy, you are going to create joy pockets wherever you are. Someone told me one time, they said, man, we can't eat. Every time we're around you, we just laugh. And at first I was like, Am I, is it that bad? <laughs> like, I'm working on it. You know, I, I mean, I don't, this is how God made me. Sorry. But you know what? I'm telling you, you got to laugh. You got to smile. You got to enjoy your life. Even when it's difficult. It doesn't mean, listen, don't try to act like nothing hurts. Don't try to act like you don't ever go through stuff. But even in the stuff, you can still have a sense of joy. You can still have joy that will carry you through it. Right? We can walk in joy consistently. Listen, spending time putting our focus on God and praising God, that's, that's part of us learning how to walk in joy. Because the Bible says in Psalms 22, verse 3, in the King James Version, it says that he inhabits the praise of his people. And we've talked about these scriptures before, but he inhabits the praise of his people. So wherever, wherever you're praising God, you will be aware that he's with you. Because it doesn't mean that, oh, people are praising, I'm going to go down there now. That's not it. He's with you all the time. But when you put your attention on God and you praise God with everything that you have, you know what you're going to find out? He's there. You're going to have this sense of the awareness of the presence of God. And sometimes the key to start, starting this joy is by choosing to praise God in difficult situations. Because he really does inhabit your, the praise of his people. He's there. He's there. Look at uh, Acts chapter 16. I'll just tell you the passage, but in verse 22 through 32, it's when Paul and Silas are in prison. We've talked about this before. And, and, and listen to this first part. It says, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. The city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. So let's just talk about that. Here's, here's where their life is right now. They just were stripped and they're being beaten with wooden rods. Beaten, not just hit one time, beaten with wooden rods. Let's go to the next verse. They were severely beaten. Then it tells you how, how badly beaten? Severely. And then they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was ordered to make sure they don't escape. So here's what happened. The jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. So here's Paul and Silas. You want to talk about a rough day? Listen, don't go Paul and Silas saying, you know how long the line was at the store? No, that's not a rough day. That's, that might, that's not a rough day. A rough day is, 
when you're stripped down, beaten severely, shackled, and put in a dungeon. It's a rough day. But there was something in them that the next verse says, you know, it's about midnight. Swelling's probably still severe. Blood everywhere. Still shackled. Probably cold. They've been stripped. They're in a dungeon. Probably shivering. Probably shaking. And something in them says, you know what? Why don't we just praise God? Why don't we, why don't we sing? What a crazy thing to say. You know what, Paul, I just got a song on my heart. What do you say we just... I mean, you've just been beaten severely. Now you just want to sing. They, they started worshiping God. Listen, an angel didn't appear to them and say, if you worship, I'll set you free. They had no thought of freedom. They had no promise of escape. All they had was, listen, our connection with God isn't based on our circumstances. Beat me if you want to, but I'm going to worship. Clamp me down if you want to, but I choose to worship. And there was something in that that brought this joy that it kept them going. And then what happens is this, all of a sudden there's like this earthquake and the chains go off of them and off the other prisoners and the doors go open. And the jailer who's in charge that was told, do not let them go. Then all of a sudden he assumed the prisoners had escaped. He drew his sword. He was going to kill himself. That's what he was going to do. So he woke up and then Paul said, hey, don't kill yourself. We're all here. Nobody left. Listen, you know, if you've been in prison and the doors fly open and your chains come off, go before they lock it back down, right? But there was, I think there was something about the atmosphere that they were like, you leave that door open, but something's going on right here. And the jailer called for the lights, ran to the dungeon, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And, he brought, and then he brought them out and said, sir, what must I do to be saved? You want to talk about a testimony? You want to talk about a way to reach people? Isn't by your, and listen, I'm, I've got to be careful saying this. I don't mean this in a bad way. But it isn't by your, what you learned in Sunday school, just the Romans road, and then that leads everybody to salvation. Nothing wrong with the Romans road is scripture. You know, but there's something about your life. That when you choose to worship, even in the midst of difficulty, when you choose to walk in joy, when everything around you is struggling and everything is going wrong, it seems like, and you choose to worship anyway, people notice. And Paul and, Paul and them didn't stand up and say, okay, who wants to get saved now? Huh, see this? No. Just because of what God did. They came to Paul. Hey, what must I do? And Paul shared with him and his family. They all got saved. Salvation came to this family, and it started with two people that decided, you know what, our day's not good, but God still is. And we can worship him. Hebrews 12, 2. 
Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. And you know what it says about it? It says, Jesus, a champion who initiates and perfects our faith, says this, before the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. You know, one, one, the way Jesus walked through understanding what the cross was going to do and the, the pain he was going to, you know what he was thinking about? Us. And it was that joy that, that joy that came to say, hey, I can endure this because before me is the joy that I know I'll walk in. And the joy of knowing that there's going to be people that can connect and become part of my family. And part of the family of God. So, so for the joy awaiting me, that's what he says, for the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. He went through difficult you want to talk about a God who, or uh, when Jesus was on the cross, how he still exemplified a place of joy and understanding and just something that was beyond him as a man? I mean, he forgave the people that were killing him. There's something about his connection to his father. Same thing with us. As we, as we connect and we're in his presence, and then it's aware, and then it, again, it's, it's in his presence that we, that we realize, you know what? When we praise God, we realize that his, he's here. And then in his presence, there's fullness of what? Joy. Look at Psalm 16, verse 11. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be up in your uh, notes. Psalm 16, verse 11. It says this, that you show me the pathway of life. In your presence is fullness of of joy. You know what fullness means? Abundance. More than enough. Capacity. In other words, all that you need and more. It's joy. That's what comes with being in the presence of God. And the reason that this would be so freeing to you is because during this holiday season when people aren't walking in joy and you're not walking in joy, Listen, there is no formula for you to walk in joy. The connection is when you're in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. You have access to it all you want. All you want. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to make sure that you have no, no mess-ups in your life. You, you don't have to, oh, you know what? I missed one of my devotions. No joy for me today. That's, that's so far from the truth. That's works-oriented. You have joy available to you all the time. Because in his presence, that's where there's joy. That's where there's joy. Look at the scripture in 2 Chronicles, or 1 Chronicles, I'm sorry, 16, verse 26. The gods of other nations are mere, mere idols. But the Lord, the true God, made the heavens. Look at verse 27. Honor and majesty surround God. Strength and joy fill his dwelling. Wherever God is, is strength and joy. Wherever he is. Where's the Spirit of God? Yeah. How many of you are carriers of the Spirit of God? If not, we fixed that right now. You're a carrier of God. So you have strength and joy in you. Galatians said the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy. Love, joy. Peace, joy, it's fruit of the Spirit. You have the Spirit of God in you. You have joy in you. You have joy in you. It's in His presence. 
that there's fullness of joy. Psalms 91, verse 1 and 2. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. You know, in other words, you're, you're with God and you understand that and you're in His presence. You find rest. You find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He's my refuge, my place of safety. In my God, He's my God who I can trust. See, that's joy when you know that I can trust God, that I can rest in Him, that He's my safety, He's my strength, He's everything. That's the joy that comes from serving God. That's the joy that God, Jesus came to say. Listen, Jesus came to this earth, the gospel message of God's love for you, that said, I'm bringing Jesus because I love you and I want to take care of you and I'm paying every price that needs to be paid for you. And this Jesus, this son of God that's coming to take away the sins of the world, he's going to bring you so much joy. Great joy for everybody. That's, that's the joy that he, that, that he came to bring. So that's the joy for us. So it, so look at John 15. It says, I've told you these things so your joy can be complete. When we're talking about connecting with God, abiding in him, and he abiding in us. He says, I have loved you even as the Father loves me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commands, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's command and remain in his love. And then he says this, I've told you these things that you will be filled with my what? Now, who's talking here? Jesus. I will fill you with my. So who's my representing? All right. So I will fill who? Yeah, you, me, me and you, us, with his joy. And then he says, yes, your joy will overflow. Because here's the cool thing. This is what the Lord showed me. And I almost did a happy dance in my office. I was like, God, you said you're going to give me your joy, but my joy overflows. And listen, if I give you something, it becomes yours. Right? So when you, at Christmas, if you get a gift from somebody, it becomes yours. So it was almost like God was saying, listen, I give you this joy, and it becomes yours. It's yours forever. You don't ever return it. Because I, I have more. I give you this joy, and I don't want it back. I want you to take it and live with it. All day, every day. It's yours. And it's overflowing. It's overflowing. That's the kind of God that he was. Look, you know, think about in Matthew 2, I think I skipped this verse, but in Matthew 2 when the, uh, the shepherd saw uh, or the wise men, they saw the shepherd. Uh, I mean, the shepherd up in the sky. Yeah, there's a flying shepherd. I told you, nothing's impossible with God. Shepherds are flying. No, but it says um, the, the star. And it says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with great joy. They rejoiced with great joy. When they went to Bethlehem, when they see Jesus, it brought this joy. They, it says that the shepherds, when the shepherds left, they were rejoicing God. Why? Because just the understanding of Jesus brought joy. There was joy that happened just in seeing the star. Why? Because the star, they knew what the star was. That means he's there. Jesus is here. The star is showing us. 
<coughs> excuse me, the star, is, the star is showing us where Jesus is. And they were already rejoicing. They were already rejoicing. Luke 1, 43 and 44, we talked about this when Mary went to visit Elizabeth. And Jesus was in Mary's belly. And Elizabeth was six months pregnant with John, who was going to prepare the way for the Lord, right? That's who John was. So, so John's already a little bit more done than Jesus. But, but here's the thing. It says when Mary walked in the room with Jesus, I know this is weird, I know, with Jesus, guess what the baby did? Leap for what? Right. Why? Because in his presence is fullness of, it started as a baby. When the shepherds came, they left with joy. When he, before Jesus was actually even born, an unborn baby was leaping for joy just in the presence of Jesus who wasn't yet born. So this, I'm telling you, this Bible is for real. It, Jesus really does bring joy all the time. So we, gotta, we just got to be ready and be excited. So here's, here's the thing. Part of the joy that comes from being in his presence and, and in his presence is fullness of joy. But then Nehemiah says this, that, in, that the joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. So we talked about this before. In other words, when you praise, praise will lead all the way to strength. Because when you praise him, you're aware of him. When you're aware of his presence, there's joy. And joy is your strength. So everything starts with you praising God. But if the joy of the Lord is your strength, then if we know that we have access to Jesus all the time and that we're not alone, then here's what it tells me. We got to choose joy. We have it. We have it. You can have stuff all around you and not choose it. You know, I've told people before, I've told my kids when they were younger, Dad, I'm hungry. We got food. We got, we got food. And I'm not saying like I do that like for dinner. Dad, Dad, we didn't have dinner. Well, go get some yourself. You know, especially when they were two and three. I waited till they were like four or five before they started. <laughs> but the thing is, just because you may have stuff there, if we don't access it, and if we don't choose to use it, then, then, then we're missing it. But I'm going to be honest with you. You don't lose your joy. You just don't use it. Because you have it. So I've heard people say, you know what, with all this going on, I just lost my joy. And I understand what you're saying, but I'm telling you what really happened you got so caught up in what was happening that you stopped using it. Because the same Jesus who was full of joy is still with you. The same Holy Spirit that produces joy is still with you. The same joy, the same joy that, that Jesus talks about in us, that he gives us, that will overflow in us, it's still there. But we, we, don't, we don't choose it. We don't choose to step into it. And there's something about us understanding if the joy of the Lord is our strength, that we need, to, we need to grab hold of this and we need to make a decision today. I choose joy. Let's choose joy.
I'm going to start walking around like I sucked a lemon. Oh, mm-hmm. And I'm going to walk around a little bit more courteous, a little bit more understanding of other people. Not just a getting joy, but giving joy to others. Because Jesus is a joy giver, right? He came that will give you joy. So when you have Jesus, now you can give Jesus. So now you can not only walk in joy, but you can give other people joy. And as your pastor, I am going to be very brutally honest with you and me. We are not giving people the joy that they need. We are no different than everybody out there a lot of times. And we're in a world that there is the deficit of joy, and we have it. So we have to take some responsibility that if we're the ones complaining about everything, if we're the ones criticizing everything, if we're the ones judging everybody on outward appearance or, well, I don't like that, I don't like that about them, and I don't like that about them, then I'm telling you, you are missing what, what God came to give. You're missing it. Because no matter what people have going on, well, I'm telling you what's going to help people and what's going to give people strength to get through what they have going on is the joy of the Lord. And if the joy of the Lord is your strength, then the joy of the Lord is their strength too. So we have people struggling and, and, and we're not helping them because we're not giving them joy. We're criticizing them or we're complaining with them or we're, or we're judging them or we're, we're being condemning or we're shaming them. And it ain't right. God didn't do that with you. Jesus came to the outcast. That's who the angel appeared to. Those people that everybody else pushed away, that everybody else looked down on, that everybody else said wasn't valuable enough. You just go watch the sheep. That's what it was for a shepherd back then. People didn't grow up thinking, I want to be a shepherd. They didn't. But you think about how many shepherds did something for God. Why was it when when Samuel told Jesse to get all your sons, because one of your sons is the next king, he got all of his sons except the shepherd. He left David out there, and he got all of his other sons, and he lined them all up, just waiting to see which one was the next king. And Samuel went to each one and said, man, it's, it's none of them. Do you have any other, any other sons? Oh, yeah, shepherd. Well, bring him. And little shepherd boy David, God said, that's who I've anointed. Listen, there's shepherds in your life, and God brought them to you. There's shepherds in your life that you need to go to and say, I bring you good tidings of great joy today. And I come to you and tell you, you are worth it, and you are valuable, and you are anointed, and you can do this, and you can do that. Every person in this room has access to the same joy that anybody else does. We need to be carriers of that, and we need to, we need to push that not just on us, but on others, and help people. Listen, you need to bring smile to people's faces. You don't always have to give them something, but if God blesses you, then bless somebody. I'm not saying this to, to brag at all, but Zach and I, we go to the Parkway House every Sunday morning, and we've done that for the last almost probably eight years, every Sunday. 
And he gets two butter biscuits and I'll get a sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. That's just daddy Zach time. And that, that mug gets up every Sunday. You don't even have to wake him up. It's, he's thinking about it. And even if there's a Sunday where I'm saying, hey, we're out of town, we're not going to go. We're not getting biscuits. We're not going to church. He loves church and he loves biscuits. And this morning, I gave him two gift cards. And there was these two police officers in there that always say, hey to Zach. They walk past me, but they'll say, hey to Zach. No, they say, hey to me too. But Zach's the man. Everybody, everybody loves Zach. And Zach walks over to him without me having to tell him what to do. And you know what he did? You know, police officers, people don't reach out to them much. Why? Because no one likes to see them. Because if they see them, you did something wrong. If you see the blue lights, you're like, oh, an officer. You don't think that. You're like, why me? Everybody else is going fast. And we complain, but here's the deal. Zach goes up, and he hands him these two gift cards, these two $50 gift cards. And he says to these, he says, hey, this is Zach. I didn't even tell him to do it. He said, hey, thank y'all. Because y'all keep our community safe. And these guys stand up. And they hug him. And I come over and they hug me. Or else they were frisking me. I don't know. They might have been like, okay, he's clean. But can I tell you? Zach Jenkins is a joy giver. And if you ever around that kid, he'll be the last one in line. He'll tell you, go ahead. You go ahead. No, you go ahead. He said to his brother the other day, he said, Dad, do I have money in my account? And we said, I said, yes. He said, I want, I want to give something to Chase. I said, Zach, you don't have to do that. We're going to buy Chase Christmas stuff. No, I want to do it. You know what he did the other night? He said, he said, Patty was taking him out because I was going with Meg to a, a coaches meeting for a softball team. And Zach and them were going shopping. And Zach said, Mom, where's my credit card? Because we hold on to it because he would use it or give it. <laughs> he would give it away. He would. He would give it away. And he said, Mom, do, can I have my credit card? And she said, why? Because I want to take you to dinner. See, that's like normal stuff for Zach. That's not made up. You want to talk about what God has taught me? Is, is man, we have so much in us that can bless the mess out of so many people. But we think about us, and we think, and don't get me wrong, you got to think about when you're going through something, you got to understand it's, it's real and you feel it. But can I tell you something? When we think so much about our stuff, we never, if we never get past it, we miss so many opportunities to just bless somebody. To just give somebody something, to bring a little joy to their life. Just to bring some joy. And God is given us Jesus who gives us joy, and he says it should be overflowing. And we need to choose it. Psalms 3.3 says this about how God handles us. It says that he's the lifter of our heads. 
He picks us up when we're hurting. He, he totally just holds us up. Because nobody's perfect. I understand it's hard sometimes to walk in joy when you just lost your job and got a doctor's report or whatever. I understand. By no means am I telling you to disqualify those feelings. I'm not. A matter of fact, I'm telling you, you need to pay attention to those feelings because they're real. It shows you where you are. But then from there, you could say like Habakkuk says in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17, that says, here's what Habakkuk says. He says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms. In other words, it's not working out. There's no grapes on the vines. Everything we've been planting, everything we've been producing, it's not working out. Thank you. Even though the olive crops fails, again, that's, that's, that's stuff. That's not just things, but it's important things because crops were important. And nothing's producing. The fields lie empty and they're barren. And even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. Here's the next thing he says. Yet. So here's what happened. He didn't, he didn't deny that. He wasn't super faith man that wasn't allowed to say that, hey, there's no cattle in the stalls. Hey, the grapes aren't producing. Don't you say that as a negative confession. No, it's not. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's not producing. But then he says, yet, even though that's not producing, yet, I'm still going to make a choice today. I'm still going to make a choice. Nothing is working out for me right now. Nothing. The cattle, they're dying in the fields. All my crops, there are none. They're gone. I have nothing. But yet today, I choose to rejoice in what I have. And I can be joyful in the God of my salvation. Because what I do have will carry me through anything. What I do have, I'll have for eternity. What I do have takes me to the throne room of God. So I choose today to rejoice in that. Yes, I would like for there to be some grapes at some point. I would like to see some cattle. I would like to have some stuff in the barn. But I'm not going to not rejoice just because I don't. I'm going to rejoice now knowing one day I will. But I'm rejoicing now even in the midst of what looks like I have nothing. I still have everything that I need. I have it all because I have him. The God of my salvation. James 1.5 says this about joy in difficult times. We can count it all joy even in difficult times. We can count it all joy. And he goes on to talk about because of, you know, because it produces patience and perseverance and all that. But you know what it says after verse 4 when it talks about how it, it produces everything? Verse 5 says this, and I've never connected this to those first four until recently. When you're going through difficulty, and it says count it all joy because, you know, 
it produces perseverance and perseverance, patience, and all it goes on and on. And then verse 5 says this, if you lack anything, if you need wisdom, ask. You know what that's saying? Listen, even in difficult times when you're trying to count it all joy and you're struggling and you, there's things you still don't understand, God's saying, look, ask. If you need wisdom on how to walk, walk it out, ask. I'll give you all the wisdom you need. Ask. He'll take care of you. Henry now, he says this. He says, Jesus, I mean, he says, joy does not simply happen to us. We have to choose joy, and we have to keep choosing it every day. And here's my challenge to you. Why don't we really have a Merry Christmas? Why don't we just decide now? We are going to have a Merry Christmas. And we are going to have a Happy New Year. Why don't we decide now? This is going to be the most wonderful time of the year. I'm just choosing it now. I'm going to make that choice. I can't, I, can't, I can't change things that happen. I can't go back and change things. I don't know what this next week looks like for me. Or the following, or the following. But I know this, that in everything, there's a choice. And if I will put my focus on God, and if I will praise God in the midst of difficulties, just like Paul and Silas did, he'll show up. Because he's already there. But I mean, he'll show up to me like I'll see him. Like I'll know. Paul and Silas started singing. They knew. They, were, they, they knew. They knew. They were carriers of the presence of God. But they saw a manifest in his life when they were praising. And then in that praise, all of a sudden, there's this fullness of joy that comes from his presence. And you start being aware. You start reminding yourself every, every minute of the day. That you start feeling down, you start feeling depressed, you start feeling, you start struggling, you start losing hope. You remind yourself, I'm not alone in this battle. God is my source. He's my help in time of need. In my weakness, his strength is perfect. He, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will find, will, will, will find the rest and the strength and the trust by dwelling with God. And then we choose that, you know what, we have the joy of the Lord, and that's our strength. So you know what? Then we're going to walk in joy because we need strength. And then the last part is we're going we're gonna to carry it out. We're going to, listen, uh, I, Patty and I, for three days, three nights in a row, um, uh, they had this um, Ellen's Greatest Nights of Giveaways. I don't know if any of y'all saw that. Um, and, uh, but it was just, it was just so much, even if people aren't serving the Lord, there's something about this giving that people find joy and excitement in. And we watched it. And she was giving away all kinds of stuff to people who needed it. And I remember saying, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be cool? What if we did Thrive's Greatest? What, what was it called? Greatest night of giveaways, except we're here in the morning. 
Thrive's greatest morning of giveaways. But instead of saying under your chair is $500 and everybody gets a TV and everybody gets an iPad and everybody gets whatever, I can tell you this. Everyone gets joy. And you can now go and give the, one of the greatest things you could ever give to others is you could go from here and decide that you are going to be a carrier of joy. And you're going to begin to learn, with the Lord's help, how to bring joy to your situations, to, your, to the people that you're around, to your family, to your friends, to the people that you work with, and even to those people that get on that last little nerve. You're going to learn how to give them joy. So my challenge to you, and I am challenging you today, be a carrier of joy and be contagious. Be contagious. Just make it difficult for people that are around you not to catch what you got. Because we have so much, so much joy in us. And we can, and we're, listen, it's a world that is desperate for joy. Desperate for joy.